Occasionally, myself and our coaching staff at DadStartingOver.com, we run into a client who has issues that go beyond the scope of coaching. They may have really severe anxiety, depression, suicidal ideation, and this is the point where our coaches stop and say, have you spoken to a therapist? What a lot of these men say is, I've looked into it, not a lot of options in my area, it can't work with my schedule, or I have an appointment schedule, but I can't get in for another four months. In other words, the need is there. They recognize the need. They see the value in the therapy, but the options for getting the therapy are extremely limited in their area. Well, thanks to our friends at BetterHelp.com, there is an option for you. BetterHelp is a unique service that allows you to talk to a licensed therapist from your area via your telephone or your computer. You can do voice chat with them if you wish. You can email back and forth. You can text with them all on your time schedule, all from the convenience of your phone or your computer. So check it out at betterhelp.com DSO. That's betterhelp.com DSO and get 10% off your first month of service with BetterHelp. Right. What you're about to hear is my conversation with Ray. Ray is a DSO fraternity member, longtime listener, reader, all that fun stuff. And Ray posted on our uh, Dad Starting Over fraternity group, private discussion group online, his story, and he shared some details of what he's going through with his wife. And it wasn't pretty. And so I said, uh, I think your story is a perfect amalgamation of a lot of different stories that we hear. And I think it'd be Really great for our listeners to hear in the Dad Starting Over world. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Ray. So Ray, tell us first um, how you found me in the DSO world. Yeah, sure. So uh, like like many others um, in the fraternity, I was scrolling through Facebook one night, laying in bed with my wife, wondering why, you know, I wasn't getting the action I wanted. And uh Sure enough, floats by the ad for the dead bedroom fix. Clicked on it and actually uh, didn't get the physical book. Uh, got the Audible edition and spent the uh, the next day at work listening to it twice because um, it just resonated so much. So that's pretty much it, man. And it's a relatively short book. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I'd like to say that was by design, you know, because guys I've learned over the years have uh, the attention spans just aren't there. They're not going to read somebody pontificating for 500 pages about stuff. They just get to the damn point, dude. And that's what people told me. I love the fact that you wrote this for men and you just got to the damn point and said, well, I didn't really, that's just how I write, I guess. I don't like to go on and on about stuff. And the audio comes in like at three and a half hours or something like that. So yeah, you're right. A couple afternoons of driving, you know, to and from work and you're good. And Absolutely. You can cover the thing. And uh, very commonly I hear from guys saying, listen to it a few times. And they keep yeah, coming back yeah. and saying, had little aha moments in there. So, well, thank you for that. I appreciate it, buddy. For sure. And um, how long ago was that? Uh, that was two years ago. I want to say that was December of 2021. So I'm almost two full years. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And um, the reason I, I found you was because you joined our member group called the DSO Fraternity. And how long ago yes, did you uh, join that? Uh, that was March of... 
21. Oh, okay. So you've been uh, there for no, a while. No, no. Yeah, yeah. been there for just a little bit. Yes, sir. Wow. Very cool. Well, what do you think of the group so far? Uh, you know, I, I love it. It's, it's a, it's a wealth of knowledge. And I mean, it's, it's nice to have a group of guys that have, you know, similar experiences mm-hmm. and such. I mean, we have a tendency when they're in the midst, you know, when we're in the midst of our own storm and it, it, it seems extremely isolating, yeah. you know, we know that the rest of the world is going on, but it's like, you know, it's nice to have a place to go to, to chat with like-minded guys. So. Yeah. I've often said in my little journey of the DSO stuff that it was very early on when a, uh, a therapist that I was talking to, a lady said, you need to talk to this other guy who's going through a similar thing. And then right. when, I, when I talked to him, he opened my eyes to, do you realize that there's this internet community of like millions of guys all going through the same shit? Um, they talk online in forums and this thing called Reddit, which I hadn't heard about. And right. there's a, there was another forum called Talk About Marriage and all this other stuff. So I got on there. That kind of opened my eyes to, oh, holy shit, this is really pretty damn common. So right. it, it's funny how all of us men just right away go, oh, I'm so alone in this. And obviously nobody else is going through this. You'd be surprised. For any guys listening to this that are thinking that, even in your immediate social group, your friends, your family, the crap that you're going through, whether it's you know the infidelity thing or the uh, dead bedroom thing, yeah, somebody's going through it. Trust me. <laughs> it's, Absolutely agree. It is way more common than you think. So welcome to the group. Even hell, I say welcome. You're a veteran of the group. You've been there for a while, <laughs> yeah. and um, so you. that's great. But I didn't just randomly pick you out of nowhere to chat with you. You posted something on the group, and uh, for those that don't know the the DSO fraternity members group, we have an online uh, discussion forum groups that are private that are very, very active. And then we also have live Zoom meetings that we do, three or four of those every single week, and we record them all, and you can listen to them during your commutes. And uh, we have a members-only podcast. You can read and listen to all my books, all kinds of cool benefits there. And coaching is heavily discounted for members. Well, Ray here posted um, some stuff going on with his wife. And uh, it got pretty popular, the one post I'm thinking of where you shared a conversation that you and the wife had. And yes, um, a lot of people replied and a lot of people were kind of wide eyed, like, oh, holy shit, this isn't good. And you got all <laughs> kinds of feedback. And uh, feedback from me was, you know, your situation is kind of a perfect storm of uh, several other situations that we've heard all mixed together. And oh, yeah. I, and I say, this would be a good dude to talk to. And um, <laughs> let's do it for the podcast. So here yeah. we are. Now, here's a struggle with these chats. And this is what I say to all the guys. Right. Is that... Um, we got roughly an hour or so, and but we got a lot of ground to cover in an hour, as much cool. as as much as we can. So mm-hmm. let's try to find the perfect place to start with. I guess would be how did you and the wife meet? Uh, so I'm, I'm a first thing I realized is I'm a bag of cliches. Uh, there's not much originality here. Um, I was actually married previously. Uh, my ex-wife. We were married for eight years, and she. Cheated on me with an ex-boyfriend from high school and a guy that she worked with. Oh, boy. Um, so we split up. She actually left uh, Valentine's Day of 2013. And I fought for custody of my daughter, which I won. And didn't take the time to properly heal from that first marriage. And met my current wife on a dating app. And we were dating the beginning of June that same year. Um, so what's the time span there between divorce and new girlfriend? Four months. Yeah. Yeah. Four months. And then we were married 
October of 2014. So again, didn't take any time at all. So what was the time span between you just started dating to getting hitched? That was 10 months. Okay. Yeah. Relatively quick then. Give or take. Yeah. So big question then is what, what was the hurry? Were you, uh, looking back at hindsight being what it is, you can, you can see this more clearly now than you could back then. Were you just, sure. were you just very emotional, very lonely at the time, just looking to stop the pain, so to speak, and nothing better than to do that with than with another woman? Yeah. And you know, that, that's absolutely right. And you, and you, you speak a lot about this where it's like, you know, the new woman has a tendency to, you know, validate the hell out of you and yeah. it feels good after feeling so low. Oh, sure. Uh, so you tend to tend to latch onto that, and, and she's she's a good woman. I mean, she she's got her faults, of course, we all do. Um, but in the immediate, that that's what it was. Yeah, it was sure. Great. Well, right away when somebody tells me first relationship went down the toilet spectacularly with the infidelity and stuff, and sounds like multiple, and the <laughs> divorce, and it sounds like a child custody thing, which you won, which by mm-hmm. the way points to me like, oh shit, she must have had some stuff going on because that's highly yeah. unusual. <laughs> And so she's she's got her whole she's got her whole host of problems over there, wife number one. So set her aside for now. Sure. Any anytime I hear that though, I say, uh oh, what's coming <laughs> what's coming around the bend with woman number two? Any right. similarities you see there between again, hindsight being what it is, do you see similarities between wife one and wife two? Uh inability to cope with mm. uh even minor difficulties in life is a big yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. And as you have come to learn by being in the group, holy shit, is that common, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Stress is a, is a big thing to some of these women, and it's, you know, yeah. it's crazy. Uh, the inability to cope, I th- something that you learn, something that uh, you watch mom and dad do when you grow up. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you got a good foundation at home, and you watch mom and dad hash things out, and, you know, somebody dies, somebody gets sick, some, you watch the mom and dad team up together, and we'll tackle this thing together. Let's, let's keep cool heads, and... The dad's Mr. Stoic Rock, and the mom stays as calm and keeps the family functioning. She's the logistical manager. You know, that's the ideal. But I'm going to bet that your wife number two, probably wife number one as well, didn't ever experience that ideal, did they? Uh, No, no, neither one of them. Uh, First wife, her dad walked out. Uh, I don't think she ever met her dad. Well, uh, actually, let me scratch that. We met her dad for the first time when she was 24. Uh, I was with her for that. And my current wife... uh, she met her dad one time and she was actually raised by her great grandparents. Mm. So Oof. didn't have a great relationship with her mother either. Well, that's unfortunate. And, um, you know, the, the grand epiphany in all this, and it's something that I've come to realize over the years as well is, is, um, it ain't her fault. It is what it is. Um, she got dealt a shitty hand mm-hmm. and, uh, but at the same time, it's not really your responsibility to be Mr. Fixer. And Mr. Yeah. You know, knight in shining armor there to save the damsel in distress. But mm-hmm. it seems like you're two for two here. And yeah. you're kind of fitting that role. And right. uh, you have a tendency to find the ones that, uh, oh boy, do I have a smorgasbord of issues. And you just kind of, you know, your head pokes up like a prairie dog saying, what's that issues? Hey, I'm your man for you. Right. And, and away you go. Pretty quickly, too, on top of that. So, yes, sir. But now you're experiencing what a lot of guys experience in your shoes, which is um, this stuff kind of snowballs over time. And Definitely. sometimes it can get pretty scary. And sometimes it can yeah. get pretty damn nasty. And uh, worst case is, you know, uh, your life is in shambles because somebody 
basically somebody being your spouse didn't uh, deal with some underlying issues that just snowball over the decades. And sometimes it just blows up in your face and you're less like, yeah, saw this coming. Um, yeah. And I think you're seeing a little bit of that now. I say a little bit upon hearing your story. I think a lot of guys will say, dude, but, um, so where to start with the issues? Uh, when did you start noticing wife had issues with anxiety and possibly depression? Sure. Uh, so man, almost right out of the gate, she'd mentioned that, uh, some previous exes and this, that, and the other had, uh, done her wrong in regards to like other women, you know, showing other women, you know, affection and attention. And she, uh, I mean, she was, she was open and honest. I mean, she told me, you know, I've got the extremely low self-esteem. I think very lowly of myself. Um, so she didn't try to hide that. Um, but it was, yeah. it was pretty early on in the relationship. So she was, she did what a lot of women in, in her shoes do, which is, um, do you know what you're getting into, dude? Um, are you sure you're up for this task? Cause it ain't going to be easy. Sometimes right. they just bluntly say it like that. And, yeah. uh, but for a lot of guys that are, you know, those knight in shining armor, they say, uh, it's going to take a lot more than that to scare me away. I, sure. I love you to death. I'm devoted to you. I, I'm, I'm here to do whatever it takes to make us work. Which in the Absolutely. early, in that honeymoon phase, in the early stage, you know, you pat yourself on the back and say, I'm a good dude, you know, mm -hmm. I feel so amazing right now. But then over the years, those feelings just naturally kind of dissipate and you're left though with the giant elephant in the room, which is, oh shit, she's got issues. And did those issues snowball over the years? They went from, I have very low self-esteem and I got problems. I have a history of bad history with men, et cetera. And I mean, five years, how long have you guys been together? Uh, we have been together uh, nine years now. Okay, so let's say five years into it, you're sure. you're seeing what exactly? Uh, so we would see. I'd see um, the depression really peek its head out. Mm -hmm. um, that that was the main thing. She'd have uh, bouts of depression that would last weeks or even up into a month, and then uh, she went to the doctor for that and was uh, prescribed uh, SSRIs. Mm -hmm. And she's horrible with medication compliance. So Oof. she'd take it two days and then miss a week. And then, you oh, know, it, so of course it never worked, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, this all culminated in 2018. Uh, I knew she was feeling down and I got a, a phone call from her at work saying that she was having feelings like she wanted to hurt herself and she was going to the hospital to have herself admitted. Um, so she did that and she was, she was inpatient for five days, give or take. Wow. Um, that's pretty yeah. serious. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so every day she was down there. I mean, I was there every evening for visiting hours. Um, just, just letting her know, you know, Hey, I'm going to still be the, I'm, I'm the constant here. So, I mean, um, they had given her. They, they told her when she when she was released that she needed to make contact with a therapist. And we did, to her credit, she did look locally. Um, but everything around here within the immediate 30 miles or so was more geared towards substance abuse. And she doesn't have a substance abuse issue. So she was they were they were kind of, you know, if you don't have a substance abuse problem, it's going to cost a lot of money to come see anybody. So that kind of just fell to the wayside. I see. So. But looking back to this was 2018, so four, yes. four or five years ago now. Um, yeah. Do you kind of kick yourself of I should have been more of a 
you know, holding her feet to the fire, so to speak, and say, no, no, you're going to go. We're, you know, I already made the appointment for you. It's next Wednesday, 8 a.m. You're going. That kind of energy? Or was she, it was just too much. You just kind of gave up the fight. And it no, was- to, to be honest, I mean, I, I absolutely kicked myself. And I feel like had I done that, I mean, perhaps it could have avoided, you know, a lot of yeah. the issues that we're currently experiencing. But at the same time, she's a big girl. Yeah. Um, she take care of herself. Right. Um, you know, that, that's that. That's a difficult line, the balancing act of um, I don't want to be this. I'm basically running this woman's life for her. Um, Mm -hmm. She needs to step up to the plate and take care of herself at some point. But that initial phase, I think, yeah, you got to kind of do a lot of the handholding and go, I'm your partner here. My Mm -hmm. partner's in need and he or she's got some problems. I'm going to need to step up and make sure, you know, same thing if you found out they had some kind of disease or something and they're not making their appointments for their chemotherapy or whatever. You're like, no, we're going. Come on, get up. Sure. Let's go pick them up, throw them in the car and say, we're going. You're not, yeah. I'm not, I'm not letting you give up that soon. So, um, so the, the problems continue to snowball and, yes, uh, where you, I'm jumping ahead. I know way ahead in the timeline, but where, yeah, no where I connected with you via that message you posted was, um, you had a very, what we call like an acutely bad moment where uh, she noticed that you, if I'm remembering right, correct me if I'm wrong, you were on the, sure. you were on the TikTok app or website or whatever. And yes, uh, it, it, I've been on the app myself. I'm right. look for dad starting over on TikTok. I'm on there now quite a bit. And um it's funny. I get more views on that thing than anything else combined. I don't know. It's a popular format, man. I would say sure. so. Well, apparently TikTok knows what I like because if uh, I had to remove the app because it's, it's frankly addictive. Um, right. 30 minutes goes by in like two seconds. It definitely does. And TikTok says, oh, I see that you're a dude that likes females. Here you go. And it's just jiggly girl in bikini after jiggly girl in bikini. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yep. I'm just like, wow, holy shit. And then... Um, and guitars, you know, guitars and women, guitars and women and sports. That's what mine is. And so um, yours probably much the same. You see a couple of jiggly women in bikinis and you click the old like on there saying, huh, you know, you're hot. Click. And, and I remember doing that, is, you know, because I mean, to, to be fair, like most of my uh, TikTok stream is, is gym stuff because, you know, I've, I, I started reading Dead Bedroom Fix. Yeah. That was the big thing that I ran with was was gym. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the stuff I look at is that. And then like these few errant videos floated around. I don't even remember clicking like on these things. Well, but, just... <laughs> but, but somehow your spouse got a hold of your TikTok. I don't know if she went snooping on your phone or if you share an account yes. or how that worked. Uh, she, uh, so she, she snooped and it was under the, the, the premise of, Oh, well, your birthday's coming up. So I was looking to see if you had, had showed interest in anything that I might be able to get you. And I found these. Uh, okay. Videos. So in other words, her low self-esteem kicked in. This is probably not the first time she snooped on your phone no, and she's all. like, I know he's doing something. I just know it. And yep. she looked and looked and looked. And the worst that she could find was you clicked on the little heart on a couple of jiggly bikini girl videos. Yes, and uh, that sent her over the top, over the mm-hmm. edge. And yep. um, to the point where she was messaging you with suicidal things. Yeah. And, and to be fair, this is uh, so that happened at the very beginning of August. Mm-hmm. And she let this simmer. I mean, it was it was an initial blow up, but kind of just humming underneath the surface. And then that at the end of August, when that big blow up happened. And so the question then is, mm-hmm. what is it about her that... For example, and I know this is not fair to compare, but it's just for illustrative purposes. 
my wife and I walking through the mall, my wife will literally elbow me and say, check it out. And some woman that looks like a porno star walks in front of us and I go, damn. And we go about mm -hmm. our way. Like that's the extreme example of a woman who's so secure in herself that not only does she not mind her husband looking at women, she will point them out to him. Sure. And then I think the more common one is the man, you know, he can't help it. The woman walks in front, super, super hot. We all have that vision in our mind of what that means. And she walks in front and his eyes just naturally follow. And then he catches himself and he goes, you know, look away, dummy. Don't be a creep. And he, and right. it lasts for all of maybe two seconds. He goes, what the, whoa. And then he looks away, but the wife catches him. And the wife says, what you looking at there? You know, kind of tease him. He's like, nothing. Uh-huh. I bet it was nothing. You want to go uh, ask her out for coffee? Oh, shut up. You know, and then they, they laugh about it and then they're done. But your wife is on the opposite extreme, which is, I noticed you looked at a couple of strangers on the internet and liked their video. Now I want to die. Right. So the question is, whoa, where did that come from? But, sure. so, but to paint the full picture here, she has a history of um, depression. Mm -hmm. um, she's told you this right off the bat. She has a history of men who have done her wrong in the past. Mm -hmm. On top of that, she had a hysterectomy, right? Yes, sir. She did. Partial, full? Uh, full hysterectomy. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, as you know, or may not know, um, something like a hysterectomy does a real number on your uh, your hormones. Yeah, and luckily they were able to leave her ovaries so she wasn't knocked into early menopause or anything like that. Um, but we were told that, you know, of course, you know, you take endometrial stuff out. I mean, it tends to fluctuate some things for a yeah, while. Yeah, Well, when I say complete hysterectomy, usually that means ovaries and um, all the other stuff. So they did a partial, yeah, yeah. So they left in the ovaries. Yes. So, yeah, the thinking is that, yeah, it'll still be pumping out the necessary, you know, estrogen, progesterone, whatever. I'm not a scientist. I'm not. A, I don't know what's going on there exactly or what's responsible for what. But right. she shouldn't be as bad off as if she had did have her ovaries removed. But still, number one, she went through the trauma of a surgery. Some people mm -hmm. just coming out of tonsillectomy will be kind of depressed. Um, but she had a surgery which will alter her uh hormonal makeup slightly not as much as the full but yes it will slightly um it will uh alter her sense of self of who she is as a woman mm -hmm. um who am i i'm this is i'm putting words in her mouth but in general the theme for a lot of women is i don't even know what my identity is anymore now that i'm no longer a childbearing woman sure. um, i'm a barren woman what good am i to the world uh, my identity has been a baby maker mom Etc. My now on top of that, um, I'm probably going to end up looking like shit. My husband won't like me anymore. On top of that, I have years and years of depression. On top of that, so she has this perfect storm of shit all hitting her at once, and then yeah. she and her head's just spiraling out of control. She's mm -hmm. and I know my husband's cheating on me. I just know it. Grabs the phone, looking, looking, nothing, nothing, nothing. Aha! TikTok. There it is. I want to die. So right. at this point, are you basically kind of like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. This is kind of the last straw of crazy. I say crazy. I'm using air quotes here. Crazy. That's not, yeah, a, not a nice thing to say, but you know what I mean? And, uh, or are you like, all right, let's get to the bottom of this and fix this issue. Or where are you right now mentally? Yeah. So, I mean, that, that thought has floated through, uh, through my mind quite a few times. Um, I mean, obviously 
being completely honest, I mean, there are some things that are that are kind of holding me here besides just her. Um, one being like my 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 biological daughter. She uh, you know she has no relationship with her mother, and this is who she's known pretty much since she was three. Mm. Um, so this has been the biggest mom figure in her life. So I, you know, of course that plays a factor because it's like, well, if, you know, I leave her, well, I'm yeah. kind of ripping another maternal figure away from her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know that that's there. Um, but there's also the part of me, it's like, you know, I, you know, of course, like you said, the knight in shining armor, I mean, that, that is still a part of me, you know, I wish I could flip that switch and turn that off, but I, I still want to help, you know, and it's like, I still want to. You know, I, I do feel partially responsible for where she's at. Um, I understand I don't take blame for all of her issues, you know, but how do you take uh, how do you take partial responsibility for this? Walk me through that. Sure. So in, in, in my mind, like at least where we're at currently, uh, the hysterectomy came at the tail end of a uh, miscarriage that we had. Mm. And she was, you know, really, really excited for this baby. Um and they they noticed some some abnormal stuff after after she miscarried and said hey you got to have a hysterectomy well then she went through this whole you know as as expected i understand it like you know well now I, we're never going to be able to have a baby together um so that that's taken away from her and i feel like that weighed on her tremendously and then it was kind of yeah. like yeah it was for her she as far as the other women goes she she she's told me herself like i i know men look at other women it's it's natural to look around mm-hmm. her thing was that when i clicked like on these photos that that was taking it a step too far and almost like soliciting attention i wanted to say you know i appreciate it you know because this woman this this chick on tiktok has four hundred thousand people that's like this video and you think that i'm going to stand out like oh man hey yeah i don't look that damn good um actually where i thought you were going to go with that was her saying that you are announcing to the world i like these other women Right. That maybe others can go in and see what you like. And that will kind of be shameful to her. Like your husband goes on TikTok to like other women. And that just, you know, makes her head hang like I'm worthless. And yeah, you didn't mention before the miscarriage. Oh my gosh, that's another huge. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, 2022 has been a hell of a year. I would say, Jesus. (laughs) All right. So, and you, so you have no biological children between the two of you. No, we don't. She has a daughter that lives with us. uh, And then I have a daughter. How old is her daughter? Uh, her daughter is 10 and mine is 12. Oh, wow. Okay. So similar mm-hmm. ages. And how is her daughter doing? Uh, good. Uh, overall, her so her biological father passed away two years ago. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I've kind of, you know, I've been, I've spent more time with her than her biological dad did anyway, but I've kind of, it's cemented my role as dad to her. So is there a concern of yours that your daughter, um, you mentioned that you're now wife, let's call her Jane. That Jane mm-hmm. is um, her now her kind of her her uh, quasi mother figure since her other one is gone out of the sure. picture. Um, how what kind of a mother figure has she been? Uh, she, as you would expect. I mean, um, she's a good model for. Here's how not to act. <laughs> now let's not you know let's <laughs> not throw under the let's let's <laughs> not throw under the bus completely. Obviously, she's got problems, but I'm sure there's yeah. something positive that she brings to the table here, right? No, absolutely. I mean, she is she is caring. She's generous. She's there for the kids. And anytime my daughter needs her, she's there. You know, I need to talk about something that I don't feel comfortable talking to dad about. Mm-hmm. Boom, she's right there. Um, like I said, overall, she's she's a very good woman. You know, 
but like you, I'm sure you see all the time. She is a broken woman. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just how much effort do you put in trying to fix? Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. And the analogy that I often use, and, uh, I got a, for those that don't know, I got another book coming out here soon called divorce panic. And in the book I talk about, um, actually rather, I'm sorry, I get my books mixed up. I had another one that I wrote for teenagers called real talk. And I talked to those boys about, um, you're going to run into some girls in your life that are pretty, quote, broken. And mm -hmm. it's not necessarily your job to fix them. You can love them and you can respect them as human beings and you can wish them all the best, but you don't have to take on the task of being Mr. Fixer Upper. And the analogy I use is um, I used to walk by when I used to work for a big company, I'd go outside to eat lunch. They had the food carts outside the, the, the company headquarters there. Right. And um, there was a crazy homeless guy that would always be standing outside the door. So you'd have to walk by him every day. You're like, oh, here we go. <laughs> and he would just yell out complete nonsense all the time. And sometimes it was hilarious. Most of the time it was pretty sad because this is a grown dude. And this used to be somebody's baby. This is somebody's yeah, son, somebody's brother. So, you know, mm -hmm. who, who knows? Somebody's father possibly. And he's obviously mentally ill. And life is just shit all over this guy. A lot of what he's experiencing is not his fault. Some of it is, I'm sure. Probably an addict in some way. And we're seeing this. Now, am, and I, in, in a roundabout way, want to show the guy love as a human being and respect, and I feel sorry for him. And I'm an empathetic, sweet kind of guy, so I'll stare at the man from a distance and be like, I wonder what his story is, you know? What, what got him here? And sure. Did he ever used to be normal? And blah, 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 blah. So then do I go up to the guy and say, look, dude, I feel for you, man. Here's the keys to my house. Um, let me get you a taxi. You can go over there. You can get you a shower, get some of my clothes, put them on, get you some food. I'm going to go right. talk. I'm going to go talk to my boss about getting you a job. Like, Hell no. <laughs> yeah. There's very clear limits. You know? Yeah. Cause we all know where that would lead. Yeah. Like, your house would be completely ransacked. Um, right. And uh, your boss would look at you like you're crazy. Like you want to hire a homeless dude for a job here? What the fuck? No. And so there's a limit. There's a, there's a, there's some space between I'm empathetic towards their plight. I feel for them. I love them as a human being, mm -hmm. but there's a limit to my help. I have boundaries between me and this kind of stuff. I keep sure. that, I keep that stuff at an arm's length. Well, a lot of guys here in your story, not to pick on you, are going to, yeah, yeah. are going to listen to this and go, dude, dude. And then about, and then if you gave us the timeline and you're like, and then in year two, we'd be like, dude, dude, yeah. Some guys are what I call these hyperabundance dudes mm -hmm. where, where they'll be like, and usually they're post-divorce guys that have been really shit on by life. And they're just like, I'm not putting up with any bullshit anymore. My last right. woman cheated, yada, yada, yada. As soon as I see a little red flag, I'm out of there. And they go to dinner with some woman and they're talking and they're enjoying her company. And then she says something maybe about politics or whatever, something that insults them or makes them go, yeah, I'm out of here. And he, he literally right. stands up and shakes her hand and goes, Hey, it was a pleasure, but this ain't gonna work. I'm out of here. And she's like, what an asshole. What the hell? And, and, the, and if you ask that dude, he's like, I don't, man, I maybe got 30, 40 good years left on this planet. If I'm lucky, I ain't going to waste one minute of my time with a person like that. You know, hyperabundance guy. He just sees like, oh. there's a million women out there. Why would I waste another minute with this woman? Sometimes they take it too far. Maybe there's something we can learn from these guys. Well, those guys here in your story, they're, they're the ones going, dude, come on, dude, come on. And to their credit, you yeah. know, if you're listening, I wish I could be more like you. You know, it's like that's something perfect I do segue. With. Yeah, perfect segue into my next question, which is, where does this come from, dude? Where does this uh, 
knight in shining armor. Um, I, I can put up with this. It's my job to put up with this. I feel like I'm a better person by quote, putting up with this mm-hmm. while dude B over here goes, hell no, depression. Da, 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 da. You had a, you had a string of men. You get a, some even say as bad as this is. Uh, and I don't necessarily agree with this. They will say, Oh look, she has a kid from another man. I'm out. Right. So you, you, you check that box and said, no, that doesn't bother me. I got my own kid. What the hell? All right. Yeah. And then she said, all right, but here's the deal, dude. Every man in my, in my history of men has been abusive and terrible. Ooh, that, that points to something, doesn't it? No, that's fine. I'll check that out. That's fine. Cool. And by the way, I have a history of severe anxieties, my possible depression. My self-image is in the toilet. Other guys are like, run, run, run. But you're like, hell no. Check, check. I'm good. I'm good. What is it about you? And have you had that introspection over the years to understand where this comes from? Uh, so, I mean, as far as being able to concretely identify where it come from, I mean, it, it's, uh, it's hard to pinpoint. Um, my, my parents stayed together, you know, the entirety. I mean, both of them have passed, but they, uh, I mean, they remained married throughout. I mean, they never divorced. Or, I mean, their relationship wasn't perfect. They did have a lot of issues. Um, but they, uh, they stuck through it. And I guess maybe as that example, I mean, I could see, well, Hey, if my parents could put up with, you know, all the crap they had going on, maybe I can do the same. Do you want to, uh, do you want to share what some of that crap was that they went through? I mean, it, it was nothing to like, you know, like make an example of just, I don't, and I don't want to use the term like normal arguments, uh, cause some of it really wasn't. Um, but there was, there was no infidelity. They didn't, there was nothing like that. They just, their communication styles sucked when it came to each other so it was either they weren't talking or they were you know arguing my dad was a old school kind of guy man a few words um would always stay busy mom was the main one like you know doting on us kids running us around everything he was he really wasn't as, as involved yeah uh in us as kids so your relationship with dad was not the closest not the most no, emotional. No. If you had a problem, you didn't go to dad with it. Not normally. Um, yeah, not until my mom passed. When when my mom passed away, he he really stepped up. Then, and I was an adult by that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, he one eighty then. But you know, he only lived for three or four years after she passed anyway. So it was you know short lived. So it may be as simple as father figure, pretty absent in your life. Right. Yeah, he was there and he was the foundational thing. And you, you know, you, uh, unlike a lot of guys in your situation, you could point to him and say, Dad's right there. A lot of guys yeah. can't do that. But Dad wasn't necessarily there, there. Um, he wasn't coaching all your teams. He wasn't there to put the arm around you going, What's wrong, kiddo? Talk to me. You know, that kind of stuff. It just wasn't, that's not him. He didn't have those tools in his toolbox. No, certainly not. Um, so that poor mom, she had to fill both shoes, sets of shoes, so to speak, put on both hats. And, um, do you think she stepped up to that role and played that role well, or in hindsight, do you look back and go, she didn't have the tools either, but she made do with what she had. And, uh, that may help explain some of your tendencies. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, I think a lot of what it is, is she was, she was always there. She was the constant, but, you know, as a kid, I did notice that, you know, when, when they would have their, their issues, you know, and I would see her down. It was like I would kind of come to her aid. Yeah, you know? there you it's, go. It's okay. There you yeah. go. Yeah. You became kind of a quasi-husband. <laughs> yeah, you were her little man. Right. And her l- little man comes to the rescue. There, there, mommy. 
And uh, while that in the moment sounds like, oh, a lot of women hear that, go, oh, that's cute, little man coming to mommy. No, it's not a good thing. Right. Um, it should be the opposite. And uh, I think right there you just pinpoint a big piece of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. Um, it was imprinted in you at a young age. I'm not a psychologist or a mental health professional in any way, but I've done enough of these to know, like, holy shit, is your situation common? Where right. you're the little man, you're the savior, you're there, mm-hmm. there, mommy, it's okay. Everything will be fine. And um, that imprinted in you that that's what you do with women. Yep. And um, you, uh, the old damsel in distress, well, that feels familiar. That feels comfortable. I like it. Reminds me of mommy. You don't overtly say that, but subconsciously yeah. it's kind of what's going on. And that's who you're cool, attracted cool. to. And that's who's attracted to you because they, they need that energy. Because your wife, not to pick on the poor woman because she's got issues. Uh, yeah. She's a human being, don't we all? But Mm -hmm. she has her own flavor of issues, and her own flavor of issue is she puts her energy out there in the world, so to speak, to the dating world, let's say. And a lot of guys that, the guys that grew up with the strong father figure, the mother figure, the the good role model, the, the uncles, the brothers, everybody to help them along the way, they don't give your wife the time of day. And that sounds horrible to say. But they're the ones that go, depression? Nope. Um... You already have a kid. You, you history of, of uh, horrible abusive men in your past. I'm out of here. Now, some people mm-hmm. hear me say that, especially a lot of women will go, what a dick thing to say. Um, but it's true. Yeah. And whether that's right or wrong, is not the point. That's just the, um, that's the trend where these kind of mm-hmm. men just, that's why a lot of these women are like, I just can't find a good guy to save my life. It's like, yeah, you got a lot of strikes against you. And a lot of guys have uh, lived and learned and they're like, yeah, I'm not going down that road. Right. I, I saw how it ended up for my buddy or my friend or my brother, or I experienced it already. The wife number one. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Right. So you've identified it. You know what it is. You know what's going on. You know where you're kind of at fault here mm-hmm. um, by virtue of your, I think a psychologist type would listen to this and say some codependent tendencies, Mr. Fixer yes, tendencies. Um, Dr. Robert Glover wrote a whole book about it called no more Mr. Nice guy. Yes, sir. Which was I've read that as well. Yeah, which was I'm sure you can read that and you're probably going, Yep, 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 yep. That's me. That's me. <laughs> That's, That's me. me. <laughs> so basically, and he'll tell you this, his book is basically um codependency uh in the frame of uh, a masculine frame that we can understand as men. Right. Uh, and how that translates to very real day to day experiences and it's so common. He wrote a damn book and he sold millions of those things. Right. And um so there you are. Well, it's one thing to recognize and say, all right, I got this issue. I, I kind of sort of know where it's coming from. I see what kind of mess it's gotten me into, not once, but twice. So now that you know, what the hell do you do? That's the big thing. Because it's one thing to know, all, you know, how many guys do we know in the group and so forth who read libraries of books and watch hours of YouTube videos and pay me to talk to me and listen to my podcast and lots of other podcasts, but they don't pull the trigger and do something. Do you see some of that in yourself that you know what you need to do, whatever that may be, but you're not doing it? Or are you doing it and you got a plan to uh, carry this out? Dude, it's, it's funny that you mentioned that, man, because it's like I know exactly like what I need to do. And, uh, you know, that's what I struggle with because there there are hesitancies. Like, I mean, honestly, I could benefit from from therapy. I mean, oh, absolutely. You know, I'll admit that 100%. Um, you know, we mentioned, you know, her dealing with low self-esteem. Well, that's not, you know, it's something I've struggled with too. Um, not to the degree that she does, um, but it's, it's definitely there. And I think that that kind of like leads to, 
Well, I'll stay with her and deal with all of her stuff because, you know, maybe I'm not good enough for uh, mm. for something better. There's the, there's the crux of it all right there, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And that is a, uh, you know, part of my language, but that's a son of a bitch to deal with. Man. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But that's, that's, but that's the crux of it all. Mm-hmm. That uh, toxic scarcity, as I like to call it. Yes, um, exactly. It's the same thing that keeps people in shitty jobs. Uh, hanging out with loser friends. It's like, mm-hmm. uh, uh, I can't tell you how many dudes I've talked to have tried to sell me on the fact that you don't understand. I live in the middle of nowhere, America. Um, I can't find better friends, better women, a better job, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, uh, pick up, get in a plane and go elsewhere. Dude, <laughs> this is a big world. You've limited yourself to this little 20 mile radius in the middle of nowhere, Indiana give me a freaking break. You got the whole world. You got this abundance of opportunity and they don't see it that way. No, no. I'm in this little bubble of scarcity. Right. And, uh, you, again, you recognize it in yourself. Yep. You, you got this scarcity mindset. So what are some steps to overcome this? Well, let me stop there maybe sure. because you just said, I know what I need to do. What is that exactly? I mean, step one would be getting myself into some therapy as well to help address those issues. I would agree. Um, and I think the way that it looks right now, at least for our family unit, man, we're all going to be in therapy because it's like she obviously needs it. I obviously need it. It's like, you know, my daughter could benefit from it from my previous relationship and how that ended. Do you, is, that a, my, is that a source of shame for you to say that out loud? Like, man, my whole family needs therapy? No, I mean, no, because I mean, I, I think it's it's pretty common. And, and oh, yeah. I think it's even more common than people realize. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't, I don't feel any shame in regard to that. Um, I think it would be more just logistically working it out because it's like we could all benefit from individual therapy yeah and hell her and i could definitely use some couples therapy to brush up on our communication skills um and you know who would, you know who to be in charge of organizing all of that and making sure everybody goes to their appointments that'd be you it should it should definitely be me that's a that's a bit of a that's a lot of weight on your shoulders mr, yeah, mr. fixer no, guy exactly and it, it it's it's paradoxical because like she needs somebody to, to, you know, Hey, did you take your medicine tonight? Did you take your yeah. medicine? Did you pick up your prescription? But she hates the idea of being controlled mm. or, or what she perceives as being controlled. So you'll yep. get snide comments like, yeah. yeah, I took my medicine, dad. Yeah. Oh. I gotcha. Yeah. Very, 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 very common. Right. Right. So your step one is we all need to get some help with this because we all got issues. Uh, but I will tell you, and you just identified it yourself. What are the chances of your wife saying, go F yourself. I don't need any help. I'm not doing that. I've already, I've already got my meds. I've already got this. I know what I need to do. You, you're the one with the problem, mister. Go take care of yourself. Does that right. sound, that sound pretty realistic coming out of her mouth? Uh, to, to be honest, I, I would say at least in regards to the therapy, no, she's, she's open to the idea. Mm. Um, surprisingly. So after this big blow up that we had, yeah. uh, she, so I want to say it was like the next day she started taking her medication. Good. And thankfully she's been on it for almost a month now. And the change DSO has been night and day. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. You that's know? that's some pretty potent stuff. Fantastic. And she made, so she just recently started a new, a new job. Um, so we're expected to get new insurance where I guess it'll cover some behavioral health type stuff. So she made mention that once the insurance kicks in at the beginning of November, She's going to start looking at, at therapists, and I plan on being extremely involved in that yeah, process. Yeah, I was going to say, it's I haven't heard the magic f- phrase of she's got an appointment next week 
or yeah. she's there. That's where I say, aha, now you're onto something, you know, high, yes. fi high five girlfriend. But um, mm -hmm. it is very, 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 very common to hear, I know I need some help. I'll do it. And then next thing you know, six months goes by and you're like, did she ever shit? She never did anything about that. Cause it's just so easy just to brush under the rug and just forget about it. You're right. You need to be Mr. Diligent. Mm -hmm. So we've identified here's just more weight on your shoulders, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, it is. Take your meds, sweetheart. Um, did you call <laughs> about the, all right, I will call the therapist for you. I know you mm -hmm. don't like that. I know you don't like being controlled, but this is very important. Yeah. All right. So everybody's got a point where they go, all right, enough's enough of this shit. Sure. Um, a lot of men I talk to who put up with a lot, I say, mm -hmm. have you even identified any kind of boundary here where you say I'm out or um, something, some flavor of I'm out, whatever that may be for them. And most guys say, if I ever catch her in bed with another guy, sure. or maybe she was a past addict, if I ever catch her using drugs or alcohol again, mm -hmm. or um, maybe for you it might be, um, not to put words in your mouth, it may be um, if she stops taking her meds again. I've, Boom, I've, right told, I've told her I'm out. Have you told her that? I have not told her that specifically. Um, that's the, so as far as an establishing a boundary, I have not done that yet, but that is the one that will be kind of thrown out there. Um, Cause she has a tendency when life gets, when life gets hard, you know, as it has a tendency to do sometimes, <laughs> she'll say, well, the medicine's not working. Yeah. So I'm just going to stop taking it. Yeah, dude. She that's doesn't so realize, common. So common. Yeah. It, yeah. And she doesn't realize like the uh, like the night and day change that that myself and even the kids have noticed, um, to where you know she's she's fine, she's conversating, laughing, enjoying, you know, interacting with the family as opposed to being upstairs in bed crying. You know, I, I don't want to be here anymore. And if it came down to it where she's like, this isn't working, I'm just gonna stop taking my medicine. I would unequivocally have to tell like, look, I, I will not go back to where you were. Yeah. A little over a month ago, I just I, I can't go to work wondering if you're going to kill yourself while I'm gone, and the kids are going to find you. Yeah, that's uh, you know? a lot of burden on you, though. Yeah, and, yeah. and it's and it sucks to say that, but it's like you know, you know, I, I can't. You know, there comes a point where it's like I've got to stop thinking about her and start thinking about me. Yeah, exactly. And I'm more cognizant of the uh, the effect that this situation has on my mental health now because I'm, dude, I'm not a depressed person. You know, usually, I mean, shit happens, you know, and yeah. I get that. But the everyday nonsense of life doesn't get me down, you know. I mean, so to be depressed is kind of a, uh, it's, it's, it's a strange subject to me because I've never been there myself, but I don't want to get there either. Yeah, you keep at this and you will be. Absolutely. You absolutely need a, a, a roadmap and to stick to it. You, sure. Yeah, you're in this, um, it's a delicate game you're playing. Mm -hmm. which is I know the game plan to get us on a better road here, but God damn, that game plan includes a lot of work on my part. <laughs> <laughs> and I got to play the part of the CEO here and manage all this shit. Absolutely. And uh, you're only one man and you're a human being. You got your mm -hmm. job to worry about. You're trying to, you mentioned something about working out. So it sounds like you're in a self-improvement kick. Yes, sir. Um, I will tell you a phenomenon that I've seen more than enough times. And you'll probably nod hearing this. Mm-hmm. I'm trying try to envision in your mind, I got one hand going up and the other one going down, which is the more your sense of self-worth goes up. Mm -hmm. And uh, that can include your physical sense of worth. Like, hey, look at me, I'm looking pretty good. You know, I lost 20 pounds. 
the other sure. day, the other day, a lady at work squeezed my arm and said, "Look at you, Mister. You're looking good." And I'm like, "Well, all right. That inflated my ego, and I feel good about myself." And then maybe you got a raise at work, and you're like, "Well, hot damn, look at me, looking better. Yeah. I got money at work. Um, my friends are asking me for advice. I just feel on top of the world." Right. And then you come home to miss. I haven't taken my pills today. Yeah. And then you come home to. I noticed um, the other day you had what looked like lipstick on your shirt. And you're like, it's not lipstick, dummy, it's paint. Right. And, you know, just, and it just piles up. Old, yeah. you, old you, when the scales were down and your sense of self wasn't so great, the, your patience on the other side of the scale was way high. Mm -hmm. Yes, dear, whatever you say, dear, that's fine, dear. Okay, dear, here's your pill, dear, blah, blah, blah. The more your sense of self-worth goes, and I've seen this so many times, that patience just goes down and down and down. And you're going to come home one day after feeling on top of the world, and she's going to have one of her bad spells, and you're going to be like, fuck it, I'm out. I don't know. I can't, right. I can't deal with this. This is nuts. What am I doing here? Yeah, and, and I think if nothing else, this, this whole situation is kind of, uh, it's kind of lit a fire under my ass, so to speak, as far as, looking more into what divorce would look like. And that's, that's not my end goal here, obviously. I mean, you know, I would love to see her at her best because when we're good, man, we're great. Just like, I mean, you hear all the time. Sure. Sure. Um, but when we're bad, we're real bad. And yeah, this whole thing is kind of said like, okay, well she's, she's thrown the word divorce out there to me, you know, hell man, at least a handful of times. And, Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. You mentioned that the one, your post to us, you talked about, she said she, she threw that out a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so for me, it's like, you know what, this is the, uh, this is me saying I am going to, uh, figure out what that exit, you know, what that definitely looks like, what my rights are. And, uh, good for you. Why not be prepared? Yeah. Absolutely. So if shit hits the fan, you don't go, Oh shit. What now you mm -hmm. say, well, I know what's coming. I need to go to the attorney and say it happened, dude. And he'll say, yeah. you'll say you got it. And you know, um, flipping the switch and the, the, yeah. pl the plan is in place. Here's yeah, here's exactly. the here's the agreement already written up, and uh, here's your kid wise. Here's where you stand, and blah blah blah, and all those stuff. So sure. let's let's go down that unfortunate. Let's hope we don't walk down this road path mentally and say um, that you guys do in fact split. Mm -hmm. um, she is in a bad spell. She stopped taking her meds. Whatever it may be, whatever excuse me, whatever flavor of uh, awfulness finally pushes you over the edge, and you say the hell with this and you're out. Yes. What is life? Let's start with her. What does life look like for her in your estimation at that point? Um, I mean, so we're in kind of a, of an odd situation. I mean, our, our house is completely paid off. Um, well, that's awesome. Unusual. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, uh, it's, it's nice. Um, so she'd get a she'd get a hunk of money in the form of the equity of the home is what you're saying or something. Yeah, sure. And she's yeah. she's under the impression that if we got divorced, she wants the house outright. And I'm kind of like, There's, I. She asked me my thoughts on. It, I just kept. Well, on hold shut. on, hold on. Let me stop you there. Yeah. Her talk of divorce wasn't just throwing out. Maybe we should divorce, or maybe this. But she's actually talked about the logistics of splitting assets. Yeah, she actually uh, threw. Uh, this was in the middle of a big argument we had uh, probably six months ago. Um, started out innocuously enough, and then snowballed into a bigger argument. And she said, "Well, you know, maybe I need to start planning for what happens if we don't work out." Sounds <laughs> well, like she beat you to the punch, then, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's like, huh? That sounds familiar. 
So would it, would it surprise you that she's probably already talked to somebody like an attorney? That, I mean, it would surprise me. I mean, I, of course, every guy that you talk to is like, oh, I can't picture her doing that. So yeah, nothing yeah. would surprise me, you know. Um, do I think that she has? No. Um, but, I mean, she very well could have. I just yeah. don't see anybody saying, yeah, you're going to get the house outright, you know, and all the equity involved. Um, okay, well, so back to the original question, what does life look like for her? You went down the road of, well, logistically, financially, she'll get some money coming to her, blah, blah. Okay, let's say all that's ironed out. The divorce is, the gavel, the, you know, the judge hit the gavel. The divorce is over. She gets what she gets. You get what you get. And now she's on her own. And she's a single, yeah. she's a single mother. What does life look like for her going forward? Uh, I think it would honestly, I think she'd be okay. I mean, she, she makes decent money. Uh, whether or not she'd stay on her medicine on her own accord, I, I couldn't say. Uh, she has, we, we, neither one of us has a ton of family support just because, you know, mm. a lot of our families passed away, unfortunately, but she has more uh, than I do. I think that she'd be okay. The location where we're currently living, um, I'm about 40 miles or so from my nearest actual relative. Um, I think she'd, she'd be, she'd be okay. Um, and her daughter, you're basically dad. Yes. Um, is there a part of you that wonders if she goes off the deep end, you're going to end up with that girl just like you did the first time around? Yeah. And that, that very well could be, yeah. um, I, I can't say for certain. Cause I mean, I don't no, know how no, that necessarily but... work with step parents and such, but I mean, I would, that's not I unheard mean, of, dude. Not unheard of. Yeah. Right. The, the, where, where it usually gets difficult is you mentioned she has her family. Where it gets difficult yeah. sometimes is if grandma, grandpa, whoever is over on her side of the family, they raise their hand and say, we are actually next of kin. We should get the kid, not her ex-husband who has no blood of relation. So then you have that whole little battle there and you know where's the kid go and everything. I, I've seen this before, so that's why I'm speaking from experience. Right. Um but uh, no, probably life would not be very good for her, to be quite honest with you. And yeah. um, based upon past experience and based upon the wisdom of what I've seen, this happen so many times, you may or may not be surprised at how quickly she runs into the arms of another guy. That very well. I mean, I could picture that. And it will either be another one of you or it will be super abusive, awful, terrible dude who cheats on her and drugs and everything else and beats her and everything. It seems like there's no in between there. It's either right. super knight in shining armor, don't worry, I'll take care of everything, or the complete opposite, which yeah. seems to be your experience. So, But these women don't stay sting single long, that's for sure. Sure. But, okay, jumping on the other side of the fence, you're newly divorced and you're single. What does life look like for you? Uh, I think in the initial would be kind of difficult, especially with today's housing market. Um, I'd have to obviously find a new place to live. I'd want to keep my daughter in the same school district to, you know, minimize the disruption in her life. Um, I would want to do what I can to maintain contact with my stepdaughter because, I mean, she's a big part of my life also. Um, aside from that, man, I would, you know, just put my nose to the grindstone, man, keep, keep working on me. I would absolutely take a time out from any relationship whatsoever. Good, good, yeah. Dude, I know you hear that a lot and you see it's <laughs> done less than people say it's yeah. going to. Well, you know, what makes it even harder is I talked about, you know, I talked about the scales and your sense of self-worth. Um, sure. Your pool of women candidates goes up quite a bit. Right. And the quality of said candidates goes up quite a bit to yeah. where, like, you're even shocking yourself where the cute girl from the office, really? Right. 
she just <laughs> said she wants to text me. All right, cool. I'm single, dude. Why not? And then away you go. Um, or, you know, a little internet thingy here and there, whatever it may be. It's surprisingly simple. So it's a real test of your strength to say, um, keep the women at arm's length. And some guys are even blunt enough to tell these women, I'm out of divorce, I'm broken, run for your life, woman, you know, kind of in a joking way. I ain't ready right. for dating, save yourself, see you later, bye, kind of thing. And sure, just sure. Talk to me in a year from now. But um, we're, we've almost, we're almost to an hour already, but um, <laughs> these go by pretty fast. Yeah, definitely. So if you were looking for, hey, what do you think I should do now? I think the therapy thing is a no-brainer, dude. Yes, sir. Go talk to somebody, and you'll find that... Um, your situation is so damn common that they can probably just take out a manual of like, okay, um, Ray, let's say, oh, look, here's your picture right here. <laughs> you're, the, you're the poster child for this. You're, they look up in the dictionary for the codependent uh, Mr. Fixer dude, and there you are. You'll be like, wow, so you know this situation? Yeah, we know this situation. We've seen it a million times, and here's what you need to work on. Those are the yeah, kind you're not special. Yeah, these are the kind of conversations you need to have. Um, in your area... Um, mm -hmm. how far is Maryland from you? Uh, not, not too terribly far, about yeah. 45 minutes, give or take. Okay. You know, uh, Dr. Psych mom, right? Yeah. Yeah. She helps out with this kind of stuff. So you may want to look her up and I know she has a network of therapists that she works with in your area and, okay. uh, look one of those up and, uh, see how they can help you out. And Dr. Psych mom, if you're listening to this, got one for you here. I want to talk to Ray, not his real name, but um, she's probably listening to this saying, uh, yeah, I know what's going on here and definitely can help. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, and talking to the guys who've been there, done that helps immensely because Absolutely. as you know, you're not alone. Other guys said, yeah, I've been there, done that. Here's what happened. Um, I feel your pain, brother. This is what I went through and this is how I overcame it and so forth. And, Oh, that's huge. And talking to guys like me is huge, whether it's me or one of the other guys on the team just, just helps tremendously because yeah, um, absolutely agree. You, um, you're in for some shit, mister. <laughs> this ain't, this ain't going to be easy. Whichever direction yeah. it goes, it ain't going to be easy. Yeah, uh, for sure. Such is life. Um, well, you know, at the end of the day, man, it's not going to, it's not going to kill me. It's not going to, you know, whatever. It's like, right. I, you know, I know what steps I need to take and I know the work I need to put in and I'm not scared of hard work regardless. So, and your boundary of if this happens, then this is the consequence. You got to stick yes. to that. You got to stick to that shit. And don't yeah. surprise her with it either. Let her know. Yeah. Let her know now. And you can okay. use me if you want as an excuse and say, um, you can say something like, I spoke to a, a counselor or coach, whatever you want to call me. Sure. And uh, we were talking about stuff. And I told him my fear of you going off your meds and what that meant for us. Right. And he, he suggested that I should uh, bring that up to you and not keep you in the dark about what my thoughts are. So here's my thoughts. If, in fact, you do go off your meds, I'm out of here. Right. And I know that Definitely. sounds cold and I know that sounds mean, but that's for the best for me and you, frankly, yeah. um, because you are a night and day different human being when you're on this stuff. And I love you to death and I want to be with you till the day I die. But this Jekyll and Hyde routine has got to stop. Sure. Because this is going to end up killing me. And it's going to end up killing you. And it's going to be bad for the kids. We got to raise these kids because you both have generational issues of shit that's gone on and you need yes, to stop it like now. Yes, sir. And um, your kids are seeing an up close front row view of how mom and dads interact and what is good and not good. And they are taking yeah. it all in and they are taking notes and they are recording it for later on in life. Definitely. And now it's time to go, well, here's the second act, kids. Watch this. 
And right. This is how a real man does this. This is how we handle this. Sure. And uh, yeah, make an adventure out of it, you know? This is like uh, Ray 2.0 here, right? Absolutely. And uh, let's see what we can do. Have fun with it. Yeah, and, definitely. But realize, totally yeah, cool. life's going to kick you in the balls here a few times, but that's fine. Keep on kicking. Yeah. What else you got, life, right? That's the attitude. <laughs> so then um, you're an extremely nice, sweet, super intelligent guy. You got it all going on. I mean, dude, the world's your oyster. You just got to wake the fuck up and realize it. Yes, sir. And I sincerely appreciate that. No problem. My pleasure. And uh, thank you for doing this, man. I know you got to run. Thank you. I appreciate this a whole bunch. Absolutely, bro. I hope the people listening to this get something out of it. And if if any of this sounds familiar to you, check out the Dad Starting Over Coaching. Um, if you're not in therapy already, please do so with a licensed therapist, Dr. Psych Mom, or whoever may be out there to help you out. Uh, we also have a deal with BetterHelp for you guys that are out in the middle of nowhere and you cannot find um, a therapist in your area, something I hear quite often. All the therapists are booked up for the next two years. There's only two in your little town, whatever. Go to betterhelp.com slash DSO, and you can get 10% off your first month of therapy through BetterHelp. They match you up with a therapist that's near you, knows your situation, can help you out, and you can talk to them on the phone, via text, whatever it may be. There's all kinds of different avenues to talk to these people on your time, via email, whatever it may be. So it's been a tremendous help to a lot of guys in the dad starting over world and guys to check out the DSO fraternity, join a group of dudes. I think Ray can attest it's worth the 1499 a month. Absolutely is man. Don't second guess it another minute. Get on it. Thank you, brother. All right, sir. Yes, sir. I wish the best stay in touch and uh, look forward to chatting with you in the group. Yes, sir. DSO. Thank you so much, man. All right, You have a good one. You too, sir. If you're listening to this, you're probably a guy who is interested in self improvement. You probably consume a lot of information like these podcasts, YouTube videos, audiobooks, courses, everything you can to learn more and help you become the best man that you can be. And if you're like a lot of men, there's something still missing. Well, I can tell you what that missing thing probably is. Quality time with other men that are on the same mission as you. Some of you probably have casual relationships with your fellow soccer dads or the occasional beer with guys from the neighborhood, but none of them seem to be on the same page as you. Am I right? They seem content with their shitty marriages, their shitty jobs, and their expanding waistlines. They have all but given up. You find yourself talking to them about the same football teams, listening to their stories about their subpar home life, and you're getting to the point where you dread hanging around them. Well, the good news is that we have assembled a group of men just like you. We call our group the DSO Fraternity. We have live Zoom meetings that are hosted by yours truly, along with the other members of the DSO team. We have a very active private discussion forum, a Discord server for our lifetime members, a members-only podcast, access to my books in audiobook and PDF format at no extra charge, discounts on one-on-one coaching with myself, and other members of the team, discounts on our video courses, and access to our in-person gatherings. We have met in Nashville, Tennessee, Austin, Texas, Las Vegas, Australia, Amsterdam, and soon in New Orleans. So check it out, the DSO Fraternity at dsofraternity.com. We have monthly, annual, and lifetime membership options available. I think you will find our group is the missing piece of the puzzle that you have been looking for.